The following audio is from Lifehouse Church. We hope you are blessed by this message and encourage you to connect with us on social media or at lifehousechurch.org. How are you actually doing spiritually? How are you doing? You know, we live in a, a world that is desperate spiritually. People are seeking a spiritual experience in all different places, in different religions, in different encounters, looking for something deeper than the physical, the mental, the emotional, or even relational. They're looking for something spiritual. How are you doing spiritually? All right, let me take it a little bit beyond that. What about your relationship with God? So how are you doing spiritually? How are you doing your relationship with God? On a scale of one to 10, why don't you give your spiritual um, reality a, a rating or rate your relationship with God right now? On a scale of one to 10, 10 being the best you've ever seen or the best you could hope for. One, it's non-existent. Where are you at spiritually? And give yourself a, a score. My five, my six, where are you at right now? And how does that compare to where you've been? Maybe when you, were, when you have felt at your spiritually best, what would you have scored yourself then? How would you have given yourself a rating? And how are you doing compared to where you've been? Have you grown? Are you doing better? Or are you in a, in a, a weaker place? Because the truth is, there are times in our life when we get spiritually dry spiritually empty. And we need uh, something to break through in our life spiritually. There are times when you're struggling, when you, when you feel like you can't hear from God, you go to prayer and it just feels like you're reciting words and it feels empty. You open the Bible and it, you're just reading a book. Sometimes maybe you're nodding off. Now, if you're just nodding off, that's not an indication of being spiritually empty or dry. Sometimes uh, you're tired and you just fall asleep or you're reading through Leviticus and it's just not exciting. But then there are times when you're reading and you're not getting anything out of it. Maybe you're, you're gathering with us as a church right now and you're looking around going, man, it seems like everyone else is super into the worship time and I, I'm just standing here. Or maybe you, you look around, you think that everyone else seems to be getting so much out of the sermon or this experience, and you're just sitting there. Maybe you're joining us online, and this is kind of a, an attempt to get something spiritually because you feel spiritually bankrupt. Where are you at? How are you doing? What are you going through? What I, what I know is this, that, you know, Seasons of life can hit you hard and then you turn to God looking for answers or hope and in some moments you feel like, where is God? Is God even there? And you, maybe you've had experience where you felt like God was there before but now you go looking for him in church or, or in, you know, in prayer and feels like he's nowhere to be found. In fact, for me personally, uh, it sounds a little weird to say this as your pastor, but there have been many, many times, even in recent times, when I turn to God, and to be honest, I, I don't feel him there. I've prayed, and my prayers feel like repetitive statements, or I'm just talking to, uh, I'm just talking into space. 
meaning it feels like empty words to an empty heaven. In fact, I set aside time for fasting and prayer throughout the year. We lead our staff in the church, you in times of fasting and prayer. I can tell you that when I go into seasons of fasting and prayer, I feel more spiritually dry than any other time uh, of the year. Why is that? What's going on there? And so here's what happens. Sometimes when you're feeling spiritually dry or spiritually empty, and maybe you're feeling that right now, you can't hear from God, feeling spiritually, not just weak or vulnerable, but truly dried up. And, and you talk to somebody about that, and what you often get is um, easy answers to hard questions. You know, like just, hey, you need to read this Bible verse, or you just need to repent, or you just need to go to church, or um, you need to listen to this song, or, oh man, you got to listen to this sermon that I heard. And I'm not saying those aren't good things, but they may not be the answer when you are feeling spiritually dry and empty, and you need a spiritual breakthrough. In fact, let me encourage you that you're if you're wrestling with this right now, like where is God? Or I need to encounter God, but he seems far from me. Maybe you're wrestling with doubt. Maybe you're, you're an atheist and you're joining us. Thank you. Maybe you're agnostic. You're just like, I don't even know if you can know God. Excellent. I'm so glad you're with us right now. You're in the right place. You're among friends. You're among peers. Um, God isn't afraid of your doubts and questions. God isn't intimidated because you don't feel him right now. God isn't scared if you think he's not there. In fact, I'm gonna bring you to a story. It's a story of a, an ancient leader in the Bible, kind of a hero. In fact, it's hard to think or hard to imagine that there's people who are heroes of the faith in the Bible who struggled with their relationship with God. So let me give you the backstory to Elijah. We've been talking about him for a couple of weeks. He is the prophet of God. He's sent by God to be the mouthpiece of God to the nation of Israel during a season of incredible corruption where they have institutionalized pagan religions. I mean, you get a bunch of pagan priests on the payroll of the nation, leading the nation away and far from God. And so Elijah confronts the, the king and queen, uh, has a duel with these pagan priests, calls down fire from heaven. God sends fire as an answer to a response to Elijah's prayer. The Fire falls, consumes the sacrifice. It's obvious that he is God and all the people present repent and they're turning to God and they, they destroy the, the pagan religion, the pagan priests. And, and, and then Elijah goes and he, and he prays because there was a drought over the nation and he begins to pray and moment after moment he prays and God hears his prayers and sends rain. Then Elijah runs and he outruns the, the um, chariot of the king and, and, and he's believing for national revival, but instead of revival, Queen Jezebel gets angry and threatens to kill him. And so he runs for his life. And you heard this talked about in a previous message last week by Pastor Jay. But let me pick up right at a moment where Elijah is running and he's scared and you could say he's burned out. But he's not just burned out emotionally or physically or in relationship. He's spiritually 
burned down. He needs a spiritual breakthrough. He's spiritually dry. And in that moment, if you jump in this story, you get to 1 Kings chapter 19. We're gonna start in verse eight and nine. So he got up and ate and drank. Strengthened by the food, he traveled 40 days and 40 nights until he reached Horeb, the mountain of God. And there he went into a cave and he spent the night. Let me just give you a little insight into what's going on here. Horeb is another word to describe uh, Mount Sinai. Now, if you don't have a background in this, this isn't gonna sound familiar to you, so let me explain. Mount Sinai is where Moses and the people of Israel gathered, where they, where they, as they watched, God showed up on the mountain and it says that there was thunder and there was lightning and there was an earthquake and the mountain shook and the people trembled, but Moses was invited to go up the mountain. When he went up the mountain, he received the 10 commandments from God. He spent 40 days on the mountain with God. He came back down the mountain. And then later Moses said, God, I want to see you. I want to experience your glory. And so God invited Moses back up Horeb or Mount Sinai. And it says that God tucked Moses into a cave and God's presence passed by him. His glory passed by and Moses saw God encountered God in this powerful way. And it's possible that Elijah is tucked into the very same cave on the same mountain where God has showed up in thunder and lightning and an earthquake, where God gave the revelation of his 10 commandments. But in that place, um, Elijah is like, far from God and wrestling with God. And God says to him, what are you doing here, Elijah? And Elijah's like, I just want to die. Would you let me die? I'm the only one. I'm far, you know, everything has gone wrong. Just let me die. I mean, you're in a desperate place when you're talking like that. And let's keep reading. Then the Lord said, go out, stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by, which is very reminiscent of the moment when God passed by Moses. So you can kind of get the expectation. He's expecting glory. He's expecting the spectacular. And there was a great and powerful wind tore the mountains, mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord. There he is. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, there was an earthquake. I mean, obviously God shows up in earthquake. He's done it before. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake came a fire, like the fire that had fallen and consumed the sacrifice. But the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper. Something really important that's revealed in this passage that is a principle that is timeless, that goes beyond Elijah and heroes of the faith. And it will meet us right now where we are. Regardless of what you've experienced in the past in your relationship with God, whatever you've been through spiritually, maybe you have felt completely spiritually empty. Maybe you have come to the conclusion that there is no God or God is far from you. I want to challenge you and encourage you with this. Emptiness is an invitation. Think about it. In reality, you come into an empty space. An empty space means there's something in there, there's something more. Emptiness is an invitation to go deeper with God. 
Emptiness is not an indication that God is far away. Emptiness is a pull. I'm feeling empty because God wants me to go deeper with him. God is inviting you. In fact, there's this uh, song, uh, to be honest with you, it's the lyrics that stand out to me. Uh, I, somebody shared this with me when I was in a place where I was feeling very spiritually dry, wrestling with hearing from God's voice or not. And I listened to this song and it just, my heart started racing because I went, that's exactly what I needed. So let me just read you some of the lyrics. It's, it's titled, That's What the Lonely Is For. Picture your hope your heart's desire as a castle that, must, that you must keep in all of its splendor. It's drafty with lonely. The heart is too hard to heat. When I get lonely, that's only a sign. Some room is empty, but that room is there by design. If I feel hollow, that's just my proof that there's more for me to follow. That's what the lonely is for, right? Like meaning if you're feeling empty, if you're feeling lonely, if you're feeling spiritually dry, it's a pull, it's an indication, it's, a, it's revealing something, that there's something deeper, there's something beyond this, there's something further in, but you gotta be willing to go. So why do we feel spiritually dry? Let, let me begin at the beginning, it wasn't meant to be this way. We were meant to live in relationship with God where we would know God and be in perfect relationship with God, but we broke that relationship, not just you, all of us, and we were born that way. We were born broken in re from relationship with God because there is, oh, there is uh, a brokenness inside of us called sin, spiritual brokenness that broke our relationship with God Sin separates us from relationship with God because it's an internal spiritual curse driving us away from God, wanting the very things that hurt relationship with God. And because we turn our back on God, we go through life spiritually separated from God, not just feeling empty, but actually spiritually empty and bankrupt. So God pursued us. God went after us just like he came after Elijah and when, when Elijah was in a place of, I don't even want to live, God came to him. God met him. God nourished him. God sustained him. When you and I were at a place where we were feeling, we were not just feeling spiritually bankrupt, but we were spiritually bankrupt and we were headed toward an eternity far from God. God met us when we couldn't meet God. Jesus stepped from heaven to earth to take on our brokenness. He embraced our eternal death sentence, died in our place, experiencing that ultimate separation from God the Father. Jesus was cut off from that perfect harmony and relationship with God the Father, and he cried out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me so that never again would anyone have to be forsaken by God? You're known by God. Let me be very clear. No matter what you feel or how far you think God is from you, God is closer than you realize. And he came close to embrace your sin and your death sentence. But Jesus didn't just die. He rose from the dead. And in his resurrection, he gave us victory over sin, 
victory over eternal, an eternal death sentence and gave us the promise of and the gift of new and eternal life. So when you believe in Jesus by faith, you are forgiven, you are given new life, and God's spirit, which is eternal and invisible, comes and lives in our eternal invisible spirit. Can I encourage you? Let's just pause right there. If you've not just felt far from God, but you know you're far from God, there's things separating you from relationship with God. Maybe you've been looking for something spiritual, but you haven't turned to Jesus. Can I encourage you? This is a moment where you turn to Jesus. Maybe right now in your heart, you're realizing that's the answer. What I need is Jesus. Would you, would you make a decision right now to say yes to Jesus by faith? Put your faith in Jesus. And I can assure you of this, no matter what you're feeling, God's presence is coming and he's with you and he's in you right now as you confess your sins, believe in Jesus Christ and allow him to be the Lord and savior of your life. He is with you, he is present in you and he, has, he rescues our soul from sin. And would you let us know, the QR code is gonna come up. If you would scan that QR code, you're gonna let us know that you're saying yes to Jesus right now. When you let us know, one of our pastors will follow up with you and encourage you as you begin this new journey in relationship with God. But some of you are saying, many of you are saying, I believe in Jesus. God's spirit should be in my life, but I feel spiritually dry. I feel spiritually empty. I feel spiritually alone. That's what the lonely is for. That's what the empty is for. It's an invitation to take you deeper into relationship with God. Let, let, me, let me give you a couple thoughts right off the bat. Here's the thing. I can assure you that when you believe in Jesus by faith, God is never far from you. And he's certainly not as far away from you as you feel that he is or you fear that he is. In fact, the first lesson is this. <laughs> Don't let your faith be dependent on your feelings. When your feelings and your faith are in conflict, trust your faith, not your feelings. You and I, as we grow in our relationship with God, must learn to not be dependent on our feelings. You can trust your feelings, or you can trust the nearness of God. Trust the nearness of God by faith. Lean into your faith, not your feelings. Don't let your feelings drive your faith. Now, we have to go very practically steps further as we recognize that the emptiness is an invitation to go and grow deeper with God. So let's jump back in this story. Let's read over it and kind of pull some principles out of it. Verse, verse 11 says this, then the Lord said, go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. First, an essential key principle of how emptiness and spiritual dryness are inviting us further in relationship with God, it's this, go back to where God has been in your life. God brought Elijah to Horeb back to a place where he knew that God had been before. He, had, he knew that God showed up on this mountain. Maybe Elijah has met God on this mountain, but he knows that Moses met God on the mountain. The people of Israel met God on the mountain. There was a, a, a national revival and, and, a, and a, 
kind of a stirring that happened at the foot of this mountain. And so God brings Elijah there in order to take him further and deeper in relationship with him. And so one of the keys here is you, you gotta go back to where you've met God before. Maybe for you, it's you met God in a, in a church. Maybe you met God on a hike. I, I don't mean that God is in is nature, but you met God in nature. You met God in a certain way or in a certain place. Where was the last time that you felt deeply connected to God? What were you doing? Can you get back there? What were the habits in your life when you knew you were in deep relationship with God? Maybe you need to get back into those habits. When was the last time you, you knew that you encountered God or you met God? God answered your prayers. You heard God's voice. You need to go back and meet God in the place where you already know God is and has been. But there's another part to this. When you go back, you get to recount the last things God spoke to you. If you get off of a trail, you're hiking down, hiking to the mountains, you get off of a trail, the key is go back to where you lost the trail, right? Retrace your steps so you can get back to where you got off track. Sometimes the reason why we feel spiritually dry is because we've gotten off track in our relationship with God. And so when was the last, where was the last place where you knew God was? What was the last command God gave you? When was the last time that you knew God was convicting you of sin in your heart and you disregarded it? So maybe it is a moment of repentance and turning around, going back to and obeying God. I can assure you that you will feel spiritually dry if you're walking in disobedience to God. It's kind of like how a relationship feels when there's deep tension because things are hurt. There's hurt, there's walls being built up because we've mistreated that person. Well, if you mistreat God through sin, you're going to feel distant from God. God isn't distant from you. You feel distant from God. So go back, make it right, repent, begin to walk in obedience, get that area right in your life and you will begin to sense God's presence again. Let's jump back into the story. Then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart, shattered the rocks before the Lord, but the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. What's going on here? It's this. Imagine all of these spectacular moments are like an echo. You're hearing throughout history an echo of God going, hmm, I've showed up on this mountain in thunder. I've showed up on this mountain in lightning. I've showed up on this mountain in an earthquake uh, to, to Elijah. Elijah, you've met me in the fire. You've met me in answers to prayer by sending rain. It's an echo of what God has done. The echo is an invitation to go further, to go beyond the spectacular moments before. You and I don't need to go back to the good old times. We, you don't need to get back to a moment in church where you met God before. I said, go back to where you met God, yes, so that you can pick it up and go further. The echo is an invitation to go further. What Moses, I mean, what Elijah had done 
And what's happening is this. He is hearing God, he's seeing God and, and, and what God is showing him is, look, you're looking for me in the earthquake. You're looking for me in the thunder and the lightning. You're looking for me in the fire and in the wind, but I don't only show up in the spectacular. Those things are just echoes of where I've been, but I'm inviting you further. And anywhere in your heart, you're sensing an echo. God is calling you further. He's calling you to go beyond where you've been. There's something more. Here's the challenge. In the past, maybe you have found God in, uh, you know, someone else's counsel. You have met God by listening to a sermon. God wants to wean you off of being dependent on others. So I, I gave you, I'm gonna give you three statements here. The echo is an invitation to go further. The lonely is an invitation to pursue more. And spiritual dryness is an invitation to grow deeper. The echo, there's more. <laughs> the lonely go further. Spiritual dryness grow deeper. Look, in a drought, a plant, what does it do? It, it doesn't, I mean, some plants that are shallow, they just dry up and die. But sturdy, robust plants, they send roots deeper looking for water. The reason why plants survive in the desert is they have deep roots. Roots spread out to find water. The reason God is allowing this season of dryness and loneliness and echo in your life is because he's inviting you to go beyond what you've done before. It's not enough. It was enough before, but not for where you're going. It was enough before for you to depend on others to teach you the word of God. It was enough for you to lean into just listening to a sermon or being part of the church. Is, and so you've blamed others because God is calling you further. You're saying, well, the church isn't doing it for me anymore. No, it's not that the church, the church hasn't done anything wrong. It's not my sermons that are too shallow for you. It's that God is calling you deeper. He's saying, I don't want you to be dependent only on Patrick's sermons or on the preaching team sermons. I want you to start finding it on your own. It's not that the worship songs aren't enough for you now or, or, or they're not good enough. It's that you need to begin to worship God on your own. It's not that our spiritual atmosphere is, is not good enough, but it's not good enough for you to do it. You need to go Further, you need to go deeper on your own. God is weaning you off of being dependent on others so you can begin to grow deeper in relationship with Him. The lonely is inviting you that there's a deeper relationship. The echo is telling you, go further. And this spiritual dryness is an invitation for your roots to grow deeper in relationship with God. He wants to give you more, but in order for you to get more from God, you gotta grow deeper after the fire says, came a gentle whisper. And when Elijah heard it, he pulled his cloak over his face and went out and stood at the mouth of the cave. And in that moment, he encounters a fresh word from God. He meets God in a new way and he hears God in a new way. When you grow deeper, you discover the voice of God. You discover a, a new way of knowing God. God is inviting you to know him more. Throughout 
Throughout the story of God as recorded in the Bible, you have moments where when people encountered God in a new way, they gave God a new name. So, so a common name for God, and it's a holy name for God in the Old Testament was Jehovah or Yahweh. So they would often refer to him as Yahweh or Jehovah depending on how you translate it. And then, you know, um, Abraham has this moment where he meets God and God provides for him. And he goes, Jehovah, my provider, Jehovah Jireh. Or, or Gideon is overwhelmed by the enemies coming against and, 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 and oppressing his nation. And God says, Gideon, do not be afraid. I'm gonna raise you up to be a mighty warrior. And in that place, Gideon says, God is my, Jehovah is my shalom. Jehovah Shalom, God is my peace. They, God leads the nation into battle and they have this big victory and they name God, God, you are Jehovah Nisi, my banner who leads me into battle. And in the past, Elijah has met God as the thunder cracking, lightning sending, fire spreading, rain giving, prayer answering God. And that's what, that's what Elijah knew God as. God, you are the God who empowers me to outrun chariots. You are the God who hears and sends rain. But in this moment, God wants to give him a new encounter. You are the God who whispers. You're the God outside of the spectacular. You're the God who can meet me in the ordinary. And I assure you that wherever God has met you in answered prayer before, wherever you have sensed God's presence before, there is more. You will encounter the voice and presence of God in a new and deeper way when you go beyond, when you lean into the echo, when you lean into the spiritual dryness and it pushes you further, deeper, so God is inviting you to lean in and listen to his voice, to meet him in a fresh and new way. And when you do, you're gonna discover the new, a new nature of God. God as your strength, God as your hope, God as your healer, or maybe you've met God in those ways. And in this time, it's God is my peace. God is my inner rest. God is my mental health. God is my emotional strength. God is my um, hope. God is my promise. Where do you need to meet God? Where do you need to open your ears to listen to God outside of the way he's done it before? Because I assure you that God is nearer than you think. He's nearer than you fear. He is being far from you. And so we want to give you space right now to respond to God. Mention how Jesus came he died on the cross, and as he was dying, he cried out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And I said that God the Father rejected Jesus in that moment, forsook Jesus so that you and I could be accepted. He turned his back on Jesus, rejected Jesus on our behalf. He was rejected so we could be accepted. He died so we could live, and we celebrate that. We celebrate that through communion. And I'm gonna invite you to take communion as an invitation to take a step deeper and further in relationship with God. When you take communion, you, you have these elements of something like bread and the cup, the juice. The night Jesus was betrayed, it says that he took the bread and he broke and he said, this is my body broken for you. At the end of the meal, it says he took the cup 
said, this is the blood, my blood of a new covenant relationship, a new intimate, personal, never ending relationship between God and man paid for through Jesus' broken body and his spilled blood. He was rejected so we could be accepted. So as we, as we prepare for communion, would you take not just a moment, but take some time, even as we sing, to not only prepare your heart, but say, is there anything getting in the way of my relationship with God? Wherever I've been spiritually dry, wherever I've been spiritually empty, I want to go further. I want to grow deeper. I want to go for more in my relationship with God. Take this time to pray, to seek God, to say, God, I want more of you. And then and, and as we go into this song, our leaders is to come and lead you in taking communion. So would you take this moment? Would you pray? Would you pursue God right now? Thank you for listening to audio from Lifehouse Church. We believe that through Christ, life change happens here. So we invite you to connect with us further by visiting lifehousechurch.org.